You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenau Keke of the Father's Church. The Father's Church is an assembly of believers committed to revealing the fatherhood of Almighty God to this generation through sound biblical teachings and corresponding moral conduct. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. It's always a delight to be in the presence of God. Okay, do you know that this Sunday is celebrated in the church calendar as Pentecost Sunday? It is 50 days from the day of the resurrection. And um, we trust that in the mercy of God, even though God decided to walk anyhow he chooses, but because it's like that, we want to trust God for a fresh outpouring of his spirit. Amen? We want to use it as an occasion to say, Lord, even so, come afresh upon us. Let's make that prayer. Lord, afresh. You know, many of us already, and if you're here and you don't already have the Holy Spirit baptism, okay, you can decide this morning that even on this day, as it is celebrated and remembered that it was on the 50th day, seven weeks after the resurrection, that the Holy Ghost was given to the world, even on this anniversary. Lord, we are thirsty again. We are hungry again. We ask that you fill us afresh. We ask that you revive us, O Lord. Thank you, our Father. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now come with me to First Kings chapter 18. First Kings chapter 18. We have an interesting account there. That I'd like us to look at. It's a long one. I'm going to be jumping as we read. But um, I guess and I want to believe that we are already familiar with it. It is the account of Elijah's return to Israel. After he had said to the king, there shall be no rain nor dew except at my word. And he went away, and Ahab was searching for him. The whole Israel was suffering. There was famine in the land. There was no water. Crops were failing. Hunger was in the land. And in the midst of that, Jezebel and uh, the prophets of Baal and the prophets of um, Asherah were waxing strong. And for three years, it continued until in First Kings 18... The Bible says, verse 1, It came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. So the Bible says Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. Okay? And if you come with me, we jump to 17. Verse 17 says, Then it happened. When Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said to him, Is that you, O troubler of Israel? Is that you, O troubler of Israel? Um, I think it was on Wednesday or last Sunday that we said, 
If you're in Nigeria today and you're on social media or you even have friends, you'll be amazed how even if when there are potholes on the road, Nigerians are now blaming the church. How many have discovered that? Anything that happens in Nigeria, you know, they blame pastors that are buying, you know, jets or building houses or churches, all of that. You know, a pastor builds a church and they say, why didn't you build um, school or something? They build a school and then they charge money for school. They say, why is it not free? Whereas, <laughs> you know, it is interesting, okay? But like we said, if you are in church that day, we say they are wrong, but they are not totally wrong because at the end of the day, the church remains the salt of the earth. Praise the Lord. We remain the light of the world. So we are not directly responsible, but because we are sons of God, we are children of the Most High God. Praise the Lord. Because we are the ones who have the utmost power and responsibility to change things. So they're not so wrong. So we see here Ahab saying to Elijah, O troubler of Israel. But you and I know that it wasn't Elijah that was troubling Israel. It was the wickedness of Ahab and Jezebel that was causing the problem. Praise the Lord. But in a sense, he was right because the solution could not come by Ahab. There was nothing Ahab could do. There was nothing Jezebel could do that would bring solution. So we see that for God to restore you know, rain to Israel, to change things around in Israel, who had to still come back? Elijah has to still come back. Are you getting what I'm saying? So in the things that the country is going through, in the season and the you know, troublous times that we're going through as a nation, let's continue to look to our God and look to ourselves as the ones by whom solution will come. Praise the Lord, somebody. So Ahab said, is that the old trouble of Israel? And Elijah answered him and said, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the bowels. Now therefore send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. 20. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore, let them give us two bulls. And let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces, and lay it on the wood. But put no fire under it, and I'll prepare the other bull, and lay it on the wood, and put no fire under it. Then you will call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Now Elijah said to the prophets about, choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it first, for you are many, and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given them, and they prepared it, and they called on the name of Baal from morning even till noon, saying, O Baal, hear them. But there was no voice, no one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, 
For he is a God, either he's meditating or he's busy or he's on a journey or perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. So they cried out and caught themselves as was their custom with knives and lances until the blood gushed out on them. And when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. Verse 30. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob. To whom the word of the Lord had come saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seas of seed. And he put the wood in order caught the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood and said, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the bond sacrifice and on the wood. Then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar and he also filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, that you are God in Nigeria. Amen. And I am your servant, and that I've done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that these people may know that you are the Lord God, and that they have turned their hearts back to you again. Verse 38. Then, let's read this one together. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust. And they licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord is he is God. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord somebody. Brethren, one thing that every believer must comprehend is who our God is and his capabilities. On Wednesday, we try to pray for ourselves and it's a prayer you must continue to pray for yourself that you will work in the consciousness that God is omnipotent. Praise the Lord. That God is omnipotent, that God is omnipresent, and that God is omniscient. It means then that God can do all things. Praise the Lord. God has the ability to do all things. He can accomplish whatever he decides to do. God also is ever present in anywhere and in every place. God cannot be hidden from. You can't make a plan against God. You can't hide a plot. You can't craft a plot and say you want to catch God on our words. The Bible says while we are thinking, while you are yet trying to articulate your senses into thoughts, he said God already knows. Praise the Lord. God is present, whether in Asorok, whether is in, uh, in the bush, where the kidnapped, everywhere there is 
God is there. In fact, the real thing is not that God is somewhere. It's that everything is in him. For the Bible says, for in him we live and move and what? Have our being. Okay, let's take a simple example now. Every one of us here, we have a liver, right? Now, can your liver hide from you? Why? You're carrying it around. Every movement, everything that is happening there is where? Is within you. You see, God did not manufacture the world like Mercedes will manufacture a car. And then you buy the car and go to Nigeria and hide it in Ihiala. And Mercedes can't find you. Are you getting it? No. You see, the world God created is still existing in him. Remember, in the beginning, before there was anything, there is God. And when God made everything, he contained all that he made. So God omnipresent means everything is in him. Everything is operating. Everything is happening under his very watchful eyes. It's very important we get some of this foundation. And then God is also what? Omniscient. It means God knows. Not just that he knows in the sense that he can identify. He understands. He comprehends. He knows the thoughts. He knows the plans. He knows the imaginations. He, he knows what will happen tomorrow. Because he doesn't even wake up. Tomorrow is today to God. Are you with me? You see, all things are open and naked. That is the God we serve. That is the God of the Christians. That's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Praise the Lord. And besides him, there is what? There is no other, no other God like our God. Are you with me? No other God like our God. Now, with this, we understand that God can do whatever he wants to do. Whenever he chooses to do. Note the difference. He can do whatever he wants to do. When he does what, chooses to do it. And then also how he opts to do it. So he can do everything whenever and what, in whatever style. Praise the Lord. And that's why our Lord Jesus, when he was on earth, he was healing. And you could see that he healed people with a spoken word. He healed people with laying hands. He healed people with medicine made of mud. He healed people with spit. You know, he was saying, this is me. I choose how I do it. Praise the Lord. He's trying to say, I have the right to operate in whatever style I choose. I'm a designer. Praise the Lord. You see, I'm amazed. You can know that I'm interested in fashion. But I'm amazed how times change. I remember when it became fashionable to wear the back of clothing. Before, if somebody wears something and the thread is showing, you know, you tap the person and say, bro, you know, you're wearing... Then they started making clothes and put the inside outside and the outside inside. And when you wear it, you're feeling cool. Praise the Lord. And then when your trousers stay, you throw it away. Now you go to the shop to buy new trousers that they tore. Hallelujah. You know? I mean, I remember when sisters, when they were walking, you know, those days you're much younger, they tell them your Nigeria is longer than your Africa, which means the fringes are showing under the clothing, isn't it? But now when they finish making fine clothes, they now put fringes on it, is it? No, be so. You see, it's style. That's what they choose to do. God has the right, praise the Lord, to manifest and walk however he wills. And whenever he wills. Now, as you understand these things, it can help you relate. But I'm saying all of that, that you and I as believers must establish something. Our dad has tried to teach us that here. That there is only one power source. The psalmist said, once hast thou spoken, and what? Twice have I heard it, that what? Power belongs to God. God is almighty. 
You know, sometimes words become so familiar that we repeat it and we don't think it. God is all. All the might that there is belongs to God. He's the source of all power. Praise the Lord. Now, these things are very important as we move on in what we're looking at. Because we find in this account we're looking at here that for a long time, Ahab, Jezebel, and the prophets of Baal, and the prophets of Asher had reigned and ruled over the people of God. And their word was law. In fact, if we read the detail of the story, you will see when Obadiah said to Elijah that when they were killing the prophets of God, I hid hundred. So God was there and they were killing his prophet and he was hiding them. If the prophets of Baal are killing the prophets of God, then who is strong? Who is stronger? Wouldn't it appear as though it's the prophets of Baal that God could not save them? Isn't that what it appears like? And the prophets of God were being hidden. And the prophets of Baal were eating at Jezebel's table. You should always, as believers, that's what you need to learn. Always take whatever matter that comes back to who? To the ultimate source, the God of heaven and earth. Why? If you miss that, you miss everything. If that is what you learn from church today, no matter what happens, it does not originate here. Because if you look at what is happening downstairs, you will have the wrong conclusions. Because in this account, the prophets of God were being hidden. And they were being given bread and water to survive in caves. They couldn't come out. And the prophets of uh, Baal and Asherah were walking about everywhere, attending state functions, making noises, issuing threats and all of that. And you see all of that and you just imagine that their God must be God. But you can see as the story unfolded, when God decided to answer the question, who is God? You could see that when they phoned Baal, he did not answer. They texted him, he didn't answer. They sent WhatsApp, he didn't answer. They sent uh, Telex. How many of us remember Telex? How many of us are old enough to remember telegram where you pick the words you see you see they did all of that Baal could not answer why because the owner of the house had risen somebody say let God arise let his enemies be what that's all you need that's all we need the concern of the Christian should always be let God what arise it doesn't matter what the enemy you see we get distracted we get confused we mix things up when we begin to analyze ourselves and the enemies you see we have a father we are ambassadors the ambassador does not speak of his own will he doesn't even respond of his own will if an ambassador is in a country no matter what is going on his thermostat is not controlled by what is happening it's controlled by what what is happening in his home country what they say to him is what he says what they feel is what he feels what they like is what he likes it doesn't matter an ambassador from uh, which country now can be in nigeria and like our malande we do and be enjoying it if his home country says come home can he say well uh, home country I've decided to stay you know you can't you respond to every stimulus from your home country the same way as believers no matter what comes your way no matter what comes our way we must always check and get back to our God and good news we are hearing today that God is omniscient because that's one area that can confuse us. You're wondering, God, where are you? God, where are you? God, are you not seeing this? God is seeing it. God is seeing it. Praise the Lord. 
and God is watching it. And we are also encouraged because we know that this God that we serve, you know, this God that we serve is also love. Praise the Lord. God is love. Hallelujah. God is love. So sometimes it might be difficult to reconcile this love that they say God is with this God that can also do all things and with this God that also knows all things. Then why are things the way they are? Isn't that what you ask? Praise the Lord. Why things the way they are? But I know that I know that armed robbers use knives, okay, to cut people. But I also know that surgeons use knives to cut people. Are surgeons wicked? Why do they use knives? One of the reasons I could never do medicine, I can't give someone an injection. I can't use needle and pierce your skin. But you see, I might be wicked because if you need that injection, I'll be a wicked man because I won't give it to you. Are you getting it? So God is love, and because it's love, only things that are necessary for your total good. That's what, you know that scripture we always quote, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, that thoughts of good and not of evil, to bring you to a few. He didn't tell it to a people that were enjoying it. It was like a message they gave to someone that was entering this uh, operating house. He was saying this thing that you're going through is terrible, but I have good plans for you. I want to take away the cancer. I want to take away the issue. I want to heal you completely. That's what that message is about. It wasn't a message spoken to people that were, you know, just playing around. No, it was a message that was spoken to the Jews when they were going into Babylon. And they didn't want to. But he said, this is necessary. Are you getting me? So these foundations are very important. God is omnipotent. God is love. All of that. You have to continually have them. Because if you don't get them right... What happens is like, you know, what normally happens. How many people are mathematicians here? When you mix up the variables in any question that is given to you in an exam, you will never get the right answers. Okay, because these things are, are the things that you should factor together to get the conclusion. So God can do all things. God understands all. And God is watching all things. So we look at this story and God says to Ahab, go back. I'm going to send rain. And they have came back. Now see the process. We're going to jump quite a few. The first thing that we note here is that Elijah asked the people, how long will you be undecided? I want to believe that I can ask you that question because you're here today. Praise the Lord. But he was saying to them, how long are you going to be confused who is in charge? And it was a tough question for them at that time because really, even those who believed God, you know, they'll be wondering, but ah. Uh-uh, Look at the prophets of Asherah. They are the ones in control. Look at the throne of David. It's Ahab that is there. I mean, look at Jezebel. Look at the way they are powering. So they couldn't answer him because the thing, so-called evidence that they were seeing, contradicted what they would want to believe. So that's why they kept quiet and they were watching. But thank God it didn't end there. So Elijah said, okay, I'm going to help you. We're going to do an experiment so you can establish who really is what? God. And he said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to bring two bulls. And we've said there that it is very clear that this experiment they did, the prophets of Baal must have done practice. They must have in time past experienced fire fall. If not, nobody goes to play a match outside when he has not rehearsed at home. Praise the Lord. And remember they were in government, so they could have changed the rule. They could have said, no, we're not going to do state police. Let's do federal. You see, they, they could have disagreed with it. But when Elijah brought it up, to them it was okay. He said, walk over. Let's go. Bow will answer us. And so they agreed. So they went and they set up. They took their bulls, cut in pieces. 
And they started calling on Baal. As he had answered them before. And Baal would tell them. I can't answer. God is in the house. They would scream louder. Baal would say I can't answer. God is in the house. Let me give you a picture. Thank you Holy Spirit. The picture the Spirit of God gave to me now. Imagine trying to create darkness in this hall. Can you create darkness here? Is it possible? It's impossible. You know why? The lights are turned on. But when you turn off this light, darkness will do shakara. Are you getting me? The Bible says, and the light shines and what? Darkness is not able to do what? To comprehend. Bible says, light has come. Darkness has no place. Light has come. And they shouted and made noise and shouted and made noise. And they started, they, they created an emergency. That's what that thing was. When they started cutting themselves up, they said, at least break the rules. Say, Baal, break the rules and come now. It's an emergency. We are bleeding. You know what Baal said to them? You don't understand. God is in the house. Tell your neighbor, God is in the house. Tell your neighbor, God is in the house. Tell your neighbor, God is going to manifest in Nigeria. He's going to manifest in my situation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Anyway, so they called and called. After some time, Elijah said, I've given you enough time. From morning, probably 9 a.m. to about after 12. If he was going to come, he should have come by now. And let's see what Elijah began to do. Verse 30, come with me quickly. Verse 30, then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. And so all the people came near to him. And he did what? He repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. He repaired the altar of the Lord that was what? Broken down. Now to go back and try to touch some of the questions we have asked. The Bible says in Psalm 11 verse 3. If the foundations be destroyed. What can the righteous do? If there is no. The altar is the meeting place where God meets with man. If you don't have a seat for him. He will not show up. If there is no provision, if the right protocol is not observed, he will not show up. So you notice here, the urgent thing for Elijah was not firewood. The urgent thing for Elijah wasn't to bring hay that will help fire come. The urgent thing for Elijah was to create a habitation suitable for the God of the whole earth. So the Bible said he repaired the altar. Where God meets with his people. The place of encounter. Tell your neighbor God is looking for an altar. He's looking for a place where he can visit. He needs accommodation. He needs accommodation. He said he prepared that he had been broken down. That's why his prophets were hiding. And the prophets of Baal were boasting. It wasn't that God wasn't there. We did an illustration some time ago. We said, if a plane, if somebody wants to give, give us uh, something, whatever, and there's no space for it to land here, will we receive it? We cannot receive it. God wants to come in. But thank God a prophet was in the house. Do you know that you're a prophet of God? Do you know that everybody born again has the spirit of the living God? And he said, this is the process. And he went and repaired the altar that had been broken down. Brethren, the altar of God has been broken down in our time. God has no place to appear. No place to show. When he comes, there is no room for him. People are not thinking of him. 
Momchi was telling me about the radio, you know, Christian program she was listening to, you know. And the man just began and was saying how, you know, the mighty power of God is in this, in his place, you know, come, you know, that he knows the world now, there are problems, and some of these problems are from your mother-in-law, some of them are from your colleague, some of them are from your brother, some of them, and all these problems, when you come to his place, you will hear testimonies, the way God has been, and in all of that, you're wondering, who are they worshipping? In all the real thing, people don't worship God in most places again. You know what they do? They go to solve their problems. Churches advertise problem and solution. Problem and solution. Problem and solution. And there is no place for God to sit. You see, God is king. The Bible says, in your presence, there is what? Fullness of joy. The songwriter says, in your presence, troubles what? Vanish. But you see, it's not because of trouble he came. He is God. He is the most high. The songwriter says the king is exalted. The king is exalted on high. When he is exalted, the throne of his robe fills what? The temple and no trouble can remain. Are you getting what I'm saying? So there's no provision for God. But people were meeting. All kinds of things. They were gathering everywhere. But the whole agenda. When people were coming to the church or to the program. All they had in mind was their problem. Their problem. Their problem. When they get there, the preacher is pointing to what? Their problem. Their problem. Their problem. Their enemies. And when they go there, say, my problem has been solved. My problem has been solved. In that whole cycle, have you seen God? So when God refuses to come down, it's because they are not looking for him. People are not looking for him. Anyway, so this man rebuilt the altar that had been broken down. And let's see how he rebuilt it. 31 says, Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the 12 stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. Let's stop there. He said with what? The 12 stones representing what? The 12 fathers of, you know, Israel. He built an altar. So, Saz and Maz, you go to some homes, you see one place where there is table. And you see candle. Abby? You see um, tabletop. I don't want to say that one, but you just see. And they say that's altar. No, that's not the altar the preacher is talking about. The altar that we are talking about is an altar built with men. Last Sunday we said 10 good men not found. The altar we are talking about is an altar built with what? With men. Give me 1 Peter 2 verse 4 and 5. For says coming to him as to a living stone rejected indeed by men but chosen by God and precious. But 5 is where we are going to. It says you also as what? Living stones are being built up what a spiritual house what elijah was building was a spiritual house that will accommodate the king so when he picked the stones he picked judah he picked levi he picked uh, ephraim he picked all of them 
There were men representing the building blocks. Remember, Pastor Nat told us that God has been looking for accommodation, isn't he? And he does not dwell in temples made with human hands. And then to help us, for us that are in this generation, in Acts 2, verse 1, God confirmed that where he lives is not in houses. You see, when Jesus Christ came, he came through the womb of Mary. Praise the Lord. And he was born as a man. And the Bible said, our Lord Jesus speaking to us before he left, said, this one that is going to come is just like me. He's just like me. He's exactly like me and is the promise of the Father. Now, when Jesus came, he was amongst them. Praise the Lord. So the Bible says he came to his own and his own did not receive, but as many as received him to them. So he walked amongst the people. Jesus walked among. When our Lord Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit, he said, when this one comes, he won't be among you. You know what? He said he'll be what? In you. What does that mean? It means accommodation has to be what? Provided for him. And that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2 from verse 1 to, you see that he now came down and dwelt on each of them and everybody he dwelt on there was fire on top saying i live here he said i live here i live here now let's go back to elijah so we get the flow so he took stones representing pillars it's almost the same message that the lord is saying to us today nigeria is looking for what stones building stones that god can come and inhabit god wants to manifest God wants to show forth. Praise the Lord. God's, God wants to arise. The man took the stones and set them up. And set the stones up. And heaven looked and said, Ah, they're building me a house. This is duplex that they're building for me. Praise God. But see Elijah, because, you know, his sense of humor. When he finished building the altar with the 12 stones, he put it in order. He put the wood... And then he put the bull, isn't it? Now, what was the challenge that fire should fall? What are the things that help fire? What are the things that hinder fire? One of the things that hinders fire is what? Water. Elijah, praying for fire, began to pour water. Fire is what they need, isn't it? And he's pouring water. What is happening here? Has the man gone colomenta? Praise the Lord. Has he gone? There's a message there. Fire is what the challenge is about. And remember, the prophets of Baal had not been able to call fire. So you can say rightly that it was a difficult day for fire to fall. It's a difficult thing. Fire hasn't fallen. And then this man about to do his own test begins to pour water. And the Bible said, they poured the first one. He said what? He said, do again. They poured the second one. He said, well, do again. The Bible said, I didn't tell you. He dug ditches to contain the water so that it would soak under the air. So under there is water. Around there is water. On top there is water. And they kept pouring water. When they had done soaking everywhere and it was soaking wet, it was then that Elijah made a statement. He said to the Lord, he said, oh Lord, let it be known that I've done everything according to to your word. Remember when we started, I told you, God can do whatever he wants to do and do it what? However he chooses to do. 
Elijah was saying something there. Let's know me. He said, I've done the way you chose. Are you in church? He said, I've done what? The way because somebody's here and they've told you pour water. And you told the Lord, excuse me, God, what we're looking for is fire. Water is not combustible. Water will hinder the, the thing I'm looking for. Lord, you must recalculate. Eh? If I should put anything here, it should be um, kerosene. Isn't it? Did you mean kerosene, Lord? No. He does. You see, I, I want you to leave church this morning settling the omnipotence of God. Your God does not have to follow process. Science is his artwork. Are you getting it? You, you, no, no, no. God, this is God. This is God. This is God. He wants to bring down a giant. You know the weapon he uses? The stone that David uses to hunt lizard and birds. Since when did one stone from catapult start killing a man? Ever since then, have you heard a stone kill a man? Have you gone to court and said, this man is charged for murder? Weapon of crime, catapult. It has never been heard. But we, you see, we are talking about God. Somebody say God. God. The Almighty. That is the God you have come to serve. That is the God you've come to worship. So he kept pouring fire. And when he finished, the only thing he said to God is, this is what you said I should do. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you. You see, people undermine obedience. Any day you go to church and they teach you anything that will make you in any way disobey God. Weep for that place. The most powerful thing you and I have is alignment with God, which is simply obedience. Never get bored of it. If every day you come to church, the special number from Christ, trust and obey, for there is no other way to be happy. Trust and obey. The preacher comes and says, trust in the Lord with all that. If they say all of that, you will have a successful Christian life. You don't need to know too much. And Elijah said, God... <laughs> I've done what you said I should do. Now, please, this is what I do what I want to happen. Let fire what? For. And the Bible said before he finished, what happened? It said fire fell from heaven and lit up everything that was there. God took the bull. He took the wood. He took the stone. Even some of the earth, he took it. Everything, he took it. Is somebody hearing me? Now, let me give you the message that I've come with. Child of God, when God wants to act, water cannot stop him. What is water? Water is opposition. Let me tell you, don't go to bed or don't drive on the streets thinking that the enemy has developed power to stand in front of God. When I was growing up, my house, you know, when we were growing up, was by the railway. And one of the things you learn about the train is that when they blow the horn for people to get out of the way, it's not that you might stop the train. Are you getting it? It's not that, you know, if you stand in the way, you stop the train. Even cars are pushed out of the way. You, you don't stand in front of God. Nobody, no power, no mietiala, no fulanization, no accord, no agenda, no uh, Saudi Arabia, no matter where they are, can make a plot to stop what God wants to do. It's impossible. 
So when Elijah was pouring water, he was announcing to the prophets of Baal, I don't live in the same location as you. He said to them, yours was as dry as ever. And fire won't fall. Mine is the opposite. And watch fire fall. Brethren, we learned some time ago, and the songwriter sang, God has no rivals. God has no equal. The God you and I serve is almighty. Praise the Lord. He's almighty. Every, you see, the noise of the enemy, the chantings of the wicked, the plots, all of that. Someone is carrying AK-4, is buying weapons. It doesn't matter. It says, no weapon formed against you, what? Shall prosper. You see, it is my will that is still done. Praise the Lord. Many years, I think a few years ago, we learned here, you need to get that tape and listen to it today. The devil is an employee of God. Please find the tape and make it happen. The, de- the devil is God's, he works for God. He takes permission from God. God restrains, God says, okay, you can go this far, don't go further. That's the way this thing works. God is in control of his world. Now, some people say, if God is in control, where are their murderers? Where are their things? Because God also has allowed you to play some part. We learned, what did they build the altar with? With living stones. He said, we've come to him as to a living stone. That is Jesus Christ. And we ourselves have been built up. Lively stones, a spiritual house. So you and I have a part to play. But whether the outcome can be determined by the enemy, it's not possible. Baal, Asherah, were reigning because the Lord had not said enough. And the assignment of the Christian, the assignment of the church in Nigeria for you and I, because I'm not talking to another person, I'm talking about it, is to get to the point where from heaven, God will say to them, thus far and no more. And when we get to that point, you will be reading news that are unbelievable. You will hear that they found one kidnapped camp, all the Fulanis, they entered into battle, they killed themselves, and you know, you, you, you see all kinds of amazing things. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, when the Lord turned the captivity of them, he said, what? They were, we were like, they that dream, the things that will begin to happen. What we need is heaven to say no more. It's not necessarily by exchanging words with them. No. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Praise the Lord. But the mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Let me show you another scripture so you get what I'm saying very well. In John 19 verse 10, Pilate said to Jesus, he was interrogating Jesus. We know this account. And he said to Jesus, are you not answering me? Are you not answering me? And he made a statement. He said, don't you know that I'm Pilate and I'm in power here? He says, I have power to do what? To crucify you. I'm power to do what? <laughs> Look at Jesus' answer. Read it for me, everybody. He said what? You could. Before I used to think this was you would. No. You could have no power at all. Just stop there. Don't even go against me. When I read it this morning, the Spirit of God said, stop there. He said, you could have no power what? At all. Stop there. Stop there. Let me explain at all to you. At all means you woke up this morning because my father said, Pilate, wake up. When your wife said, Darlene, you could recognize her. Why? Because my father said, recognize her. If I withdraw that power to recognize her, you will see her, not know her. 
he said you could have no power what at all listen to me fear no man no man could have any power at all unless it is given to him from above no man no man at all that's the point at all not even against jesus at all at all you could have no power the power source is god there is only one person on that throne and thank god he's your father somebody bless the lord he's your father he's your god he's our king praise the lord lamentation street lamentation street 37 and 38 but I, I don't want to dwell on that for today he said who is he who speaks and it comes to pass when the lord what he said who is he who is he okay let me ask you a question if mtn network is down can you call somebody in Wusetu? unless the network is up abby you can be shouting no network will you be able to communicate he said, who is he if I don't, if I, the Lord of the whole earth, don't allow it? I can stop you from seeing the day. I can keep the day from coming. I can change every circumstance. He said, who is he? Brethren, that is the God you and I serve. So we see from this place that water, water does not stop the agency of God. He does not stop the purposes of God. No, opposition does not stop. Some of you may have experienced what I'm saying, but you've been in situations where mighty opposition rose against you. I'm telling you, Job declared something to us. He said, Job 42 verse 2, you can put it. He says, I've learned that you can do what? Anything. Anything. And what? No purpose of yours can be what? Withheld. Listen to me. It's not the size of the opposition. It's the size of alignment with God that matters. It is your proximity. Another word you can call is righteousness. It is your right standing. Being in the center of what God is. That's what my, It's not your position. It's not how many people. The psalmist said there are many that rise up against me. Saying there is no help for me in the Lord. He said but they that rose up against me. What happened? He said they fell for my sake. He said they come against me in how many ways? One way. But they flee her. In seven ways. You see, this is what it is. Water, everything. I want you to picture what I'm saying. Because as you go from here, situations will come. Maybe it's a financial situation. Maybe it's a medical situation. Whatever it is. Just know that what you need to do is identify with what God wants in that situation. Hold on to it. Every other thing will change. Every other thing will change. God does not need the corresponding chemical balance to work. He doesn't need the corresponding physical balance. The Bible records the account of the sons of the prophet where one of them had borrowed an axe and the axe head fell in water and it was a borrowed axe head. Who knows what the climate must have been there? And he cried to the man of God and said to the man of God, alas, alas, and he was borrowed. Maybe it was a time of heavy reproach upon the church and the prophets. How does this man go and tell story that this thing was borrowed? The prophet said, iron fell in. And we need the iron back. He took a piece of wood and said to the water, please take wood, give me the iron back. And the wood and the iron exchanged properties. The wood sank and the iron floated. You see, you must respect this God we are serving. What he wants, my message is that what he wants will be done. It doesn't matter who is against. It doesn't matter. 
Praise the Lord somebody. So water doesn't. The enemy's plot does not. If not, it could have stopped. That bull had no business with fire. With all the water. Because it shouldn't. Difficulties. Someone is in church. God has given you an assignment. Lack of resources. Every day you're saying you don't have money. You don't have money. Listen to me. I told them on Wednesday. That how much would it have cost to change the weather in Abuja in the last one month? From heat to cool. What type of air conditioning system would beggar would have needed to install? But you know, Lord, your God did it. Just by the wind. Took away the hot wind. And brought some cool weather. Isn't it your God? The purpose, the assignment God has given to you, brethren, you don't need a large budget. You don't need much capital. You need faith. You need connection. You need one step, two steps, three steps. And things will begin to fall in place, somebody. In the name of Jesus Christ. You don't need much education. No, you don't. You don't need much education. You don't need much connection. I don't know who shared the testimony with us. But he was given a big job, you know, in one of these agencies. He, he bid up a job, you know. They had several companies. And he just trusted God and bid up for the job. They gave him the job, you know. It was when he appeared that the people who gave the job said, no, it's not you now. He said, it's me. They said, no, it's not you. He said, it's me. And it occurred that when they were meeting, they saw that company name. They thought it was the one they planned with. You see, God can say this is the one. This is the one I planned with. Praise the Lord. They were confused. But JJ the man just took his job and went. They had finished. They had given him everything. Concluded. I get it what I'm saying. You don't need connections with men. You need connection with God. Somebody here is slowing down because you don't have man. You don't have something. But God in heaven is saying to you, water did not stop my fire. You don't need that. You don't need any of that. So we see here what was critical in that situation? I want to tell you. And if I have a title for the sermon, it is the combustibles. There was something in that place that God could not resist. It was a man on fire. It was those stones. When they put those stones, brethren, when that altar was set, the Bible talks in Acts of the Apostles. It says each of them had what? Fire on top of them. You see, fire looks for fire. Do you know that? If there is fire, then there is fire. Somehow they connect. When the stone, the foundation was laid right, heaven could not wait. That's why the Bible says it leaked everything. The bull and the wood were actually obstructed. He was going for the stones. He wanted to connect with them. What we and everyone that is interested in God's transformation in our time should be to present to God a combustible life, a life that can catch fire, a life that can burn. Our Lord Jesus Christ was talking, or rather it was John the Baptist. He said that the one that is coming after me, he said I baptize you with water. But there is somebody that is coming. What is he going to do? He said he's going to baptize you with what? The Holy Ghost and with what? Fire! Say so when that happens, you can bury it. You can't lock it up. You can't use hand to cover it. It will burn you. Brethren, a church that is on fire. The early church. You see, that's what consoles me and comforts me. There is nothing we are seeing in our time now that is 5% of what the early church saw. Many of you are elites. Many of you are big men. I can see some of your faces here. The early church was fishermen, a few, you know, tax collectors that EFCC was pursuing. You know, just some, some crazy bunch here and there. 
and persecution rose against them. But today the church is still standing because the foundation men and women were what? They were on fire. The church in Nigeria, Nigeria needs a group of people, lives that are on fire for the Lord, burning for Him. Not churchgoers. Praise the Lord. Not people with stickers. Not people that speak Christianese. People whose hearts are burning with the word of the Lord, with you know, connection with God, who are desiring thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So God is saying, I'm looking for the combustibles, the ignitable, the flammable, the explosive ones, the ones that can stand, that yearn at my word. So when I find them, no opposition can stop me. I'll meet with them. No gate can stop me. I will break through the gates. I will come and meet with them. The Bible is full of examples, full of illustrations, full of things that, that show to us that this is just the truth. You know, it's just the truth. Paul and Silas, the Bible tells us in Acts 16, you can open to it, Acts 16, 23 to 26. The Bible says they were beaten, you know, beaten, terribly beaten, put in jail, locked up, their feet in stocks and all of that. And the men were on fire. The Bible says by midnight, their flame was just burning. They were just glowing. They say they were singing. And they were praying, they were singing, and they were praying. What happened? The Bible says an earthquake. What was happening? God saw fire. He said, I love fire. He said, I'm looking for them. Where are they? And he appeared to fellowship with them in the jail. When he entered the jailhouse with them, naturally, the gate could not contain them. The bars broke up. The foundation could not contain them. It started vibrating. Every other prisoner was set free. You know why? Because they are trying to stop the people of God. Child of God, I want you to get something tonight. Sorry, today. Don't live here looking at the wrong thing. Look at God. The psalmist said, I lift up my eyes beyond the hills. From where comes what? My help. My help comes from the Lord who made, who made the heavens and the earth. And we see in that place, we see the fire. It came down. And these men who were the ones that were in captivity became the ones that were free. The jailer who was the one that was jailing them was the one now that they were delivering with the sword about to commit suicide. They were the ones that were saving him. So don't kill yourself. And to show that it was the fire of God, he did not engineer an escape. It wasn't the greatest prison break ever recorded. It was the greatest prison revival. Because the fire of God brings results unto eternity. If those men, thank you, if those men had escaped, they would have been free for seven days, seven years, 70 years, isn't it? And died. But when salvation came to them, when you go to heaven, you see them. This story that I tell you now, they'll give us the HD dimension. They'll say, I was there. I was charged for murder, but this was what happened. I was there for rape, but this was what happened. Salvation came. Is somebody understanding? The desire and the hunger of heaven is combustible men. Anywhere they put you, you get into politics and you're still on fire. God will meet you there and you'll be an instrument of deliverance. You're married to somebody who has no, you know, no regard for God. As your fire burns, God will lick up every obstacle and bring transformation. Is somebody hearing me? I want you to know that the God we serve is big. Say to your neighbor, we serve a mighty God. We serve an awesome God. We serve an awesome God. We serve an awesome God. Yes. Yes. Combustibles. Men that will light up. And I'm sure you know, I don't need to mention that. These men will not play with sin now. 
They may not be perfect, but they won't play with sin. If you want to burn. No, you can't play with sin. The prophet asked, who shall dwell with the everlasting fire? It takes fire to be friends with fire. You know that? Yes. You can't play with sin. Sin cannot be there. Unbelief can't even be there. And that's why we're learning to trust God. Unbelief can There's no accommodation. Doubt won't be there. You, you won't be doubting. You, you would have settled it that you've made up your mind. You know, on Wednesday we learned. How did the saints overcome? They overcame by the blood of lamb, by the word of their testimonies, and by what? Not loving their lives to death. These men will not love their lives unto death. Their lives will not be the primary thing they want to preserve. You know what will be the primary thing they want to preserve? Do you know? Their testimony. Their testimony, not their lives. And we thank God that we have a living example in our time, Leah Sharibu. Their testimony. You know she could have been free now. Who would have known what she would have promised Boko Haram? Ah, India, Allah, I don't convert. When she comes out, she will continue her life. Would we know what happened? But she said, no. I've made up my mind. Jesus is Lord. Whatever I want to do, do. They will choose their testimony above their lives. What else also? Wrong attitude. This is very important and I'll round up with this. Wrong attitude. Either in suffering or in blessing. Very important. These are things that can stop us from burning. What do I mean by wrong attitude? Child of God, having this understanding that we're learning today, the Bible gives us an account of a mighty man that the Bible actually commended. His name was John the Baptist in Matthew 11 from verse 1 down. The Bible tells us of John the Baptist. And you know what the Bible said? It said while he was put in prison, he sent a message to ask. What did he ask? He said, go and ask Jesus. Is he the one or should we look for another? Now, John the Baptist was the one that nobody told him this is Jesus. The Holy Spirit himself bore witness to him. He says, the one upon whom you see, descending what? The dove. He said, that is the one. He knew beyond human, you know, uh, uh, teaching or information that this was the Messiah. Now, when he started suffering, he did not fully understand what you're learning today. That even in that prison... God was in control. Even in that moment he was locked up, God was in control. So he developed a wrong attitude. And he started questioning whether Jesus was the savior or the one or they should look for another. You know what? They answered him that prayer because when he died, he would go to heaven and know. That's it. This was a man who knows how the story would have gone. With what happened with Paul and Silas, who knows what could have happened. If John the Baptist was in jail and just walking about and say, do whatever I want to do to me. What I know is that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the son of God. You can imagine what would have happened in that prison. Just imagine what would have happened. Jesus still on earth and he was there proclaiming. That is what we are learning. Child of God, with this understanding, anywhere you find yourself, any circumstance you find yourself, you have one assignment. Keep burning. Keep burning. Keep burning. You see, there are these cans that have colored smokes. They use, sailors use it, you know, people who go for camps use it. W- what they do is this. In, in, in moments where they are lost or danger, you know what they do? They break the cans, okay? And then the colored smoke starts rising. When it rises, what it does is that it helps those who are either flying above or sailing from anywhere. To see it and identify that there. For the believer, you know what your own is? The right attitude. Praise. 
fervency, confidence. Let's rise on our faith and raise to God the smoke of faith, the smoke of confidence. The Bible calls it our sacrifice, the fruit of our lips. Let the Lord know he is God. Let him know he is in charge. Let him know your life will burn. Tell him I'm combustible for you. I am a living stone. Come and take me. Come and take me. I'm bu- I am one you can build with. Don't pass me by. The old saints used to sing, whilst on others thou art calling. Lord, please do not pass me by for the things that you want to do for this nation for the deliverance for the enlistment of the righteous for the choosing of the game changers in this nation lord here i am oh lord i may be dead broke my highest appointment or clout today might be people in the malam kiosk but i don't care you can hear my prayers i can be an instrument of deliverance i want you to tell the lord i offer my life to you a living sacrifice a living sacrifice i present myself to you lord let your fire fall on me let your fire fall on me lord i'm surrendering this life i'm surrendering this thing nothing else matters i judge you faithful i judge you able i judge you faithful dependable lord i am no longer afraid of the enemy my eyes see only you my eyes behold only you shadrach meshach and abednego they said to the king they say, King, we don't even see you. We see our God and we reverence him. We see our God and we fear him. We see our God and we honor him. So for that, I will wait on my Lord. I will wait on this, my God. For he is more than able to accomplish what concerns me today. I say to the enemy, you have no power. There is nothing you have on me. Everything you can do is what my God permits you to do. So I jump and pass you. And I go to my creator. I go to the one who holds my life. Who holds the balance of my days. And I say, Lord, set my heart on fire. I am available. I am combustible. I am that stone that has been prepared. I am your living stone. Use me to build a spiritual house. Lord, I want you to pray this prayer earnestly. And you understand the implications. Some things have to go. Some things have to fall off. And then your faith has to rise. You must learn where you go from here. When you look at everybody, you look them side by side with God. And you see that nothing else matters. No valley that is deep enough. No mountain that is high enough. The Bible says, what is that mountain before Zerubbabel? It said it shall be made a plain. What are the obstacles? What are the things hindering you? What are the things challenging you? He said, I am almighty. He said to Moses, is there anything? Is, there, is my hand shortened that I cannot save? I said I will feed the people with meat for one month and you're querying me am i not god who created the heavens and the earth i want you to lift up your faith today i want you to lift up your faith i want you to understand that the waters can stop you those challenges that you are aware of cannot stop you the men that are gathered against you cannot stop you listen somebody the environment in nigeria cannot stop you no it cannot stop you because if god be for you if god be for you 
if God be for you I want you to establish it in your heart yes I know there are adversaries yes I know there are opposition yet I know the enemies reason against me but I see my God he is greater he is mightier he is stronger he is wiser Lord I put my trust in you 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 you are my God it is doable it is achievable I thank you I thank you thank you Lord I thank you Lord I thank you in Jesus name in the name of Jesus we, we had mentioned Psalm 11 I want us to go to that same Psalm 11 you see something there I want us to pray with us Psalm 11 verse 3 Psalm 11 verse 3 I, I want us to see something there the word of the Lord here says if the foundations are destroyed what can the righteous do and when i looked at it i was told to put if the foundations are not destroyed what can the wicked do you're going to pray having come to church today i have faith that you're living here a combustible stone praise the lord you're living here building material i say we come to him as lively stones being built up a spiritual house. Am I right? You're living here to put the altar that was broken down in place. Somebody, there's some contacts you need to delete from your phone now. Are you getting me? There are decisions because you see, this makes the difference. And when the foundation is set right, my own for the church in Nigeria is that when the church of Nigeria gets it right, I'm telling you, everything these people are doing will be comedy. I get in what I'm saying. If the foundations are not destroyed, that's what happened with Elijah. When he set the foundation right, before he finished speaking, the fire fell. Child of God, your God is still in control. All he's needing is make the way. They say to us, prepare you the way of the Lord, isn't it? Make the crooked paths straight. Fill up the valleys. Level the mountain. Let's go to him in prayer and say, Lord, I prepare my life. I prepare my life. I prepare my family. And collectively, we present the church in Nigeria. Oh Lord, frustrate the wicked. Establish us yourself. Revive us yourself. So that the wicked will learn that they have no power. Who, who are these people? Who are they? Are they not men? The Bible says the Egyptians are men. He said their horses are flesh. They are not spirits. He said these people are men. They are men. They eat and they sleep. But your God 
is the God of all flesh, the Father of all spirit. What is that mountain? What is that issue? What is that economics issue? What is that financial issue? What is that biological issue? What is it? Today we are saying to our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you. Establish us, O Lord, in you. And let your power, let your power, let your majesty, let your greatness, let your awesomeness be seen. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. You're still going to pray. Praise the Lord. And we're going to take this prayer from what Elijah said. He said, let it be known that you are God in Israel. You're going to pray personally and then we'll pray collectively. Lord, by the events in my life from today, let those who observe me know that you are God in my life. I'm not running alone. I'm not walking alone. I'm not speaking alone. From today, you, you might have looked like someone that was forsaken. It might have appeared that you were abandoned. It might have appeared that, you know, everything was such a failure. But today, today, in the presence of God, because water cannot stop this fire, nothing will stop the glory, the revelation of God in my life. I become a witness. Our Lord Jesus, when he was living, commissioned us. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he said, you shall be witnesses. I want you to say to the Spirit of God, I receive you afresh. Come afresh upon me. Fall afresh, O Lord. In my life, set me on fire that I may be a witness that everyone will know. My friends will know. My colleagues will know. Family members will know that I burn for you. Let it be known. That's what you said to us. That you shall receive the Holy Ghost and you shall be witnesses. Lord, I receive the Holy Ghost to be a witness in my time, in my world, in this season. Help me, O Lord. Change things. Turn things around. 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 In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.